What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with my dad, where we talk about the post-jazz game and all things sports. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad coming to you after the game. And the Jazz losing a close one in the end to the Miami Heat and dropping their second game of the season and their record to 7-2. and two. The Heat improve to seven and two, I believe. So uh, two really good teams tonight. Spencer, what a great battle. Even though the Jazz got down 19, they made a mammoth run near the end of the game and almost, almost tied it up and, and won this game. What did you think? Mammoth for sure. That's funny. Um, yeah, it, it was good. The Heat are obviously coming off with their worst performance in a long time. They just lost to the Celtics and were only scored 78 points, so not really a heat game. But tonight, they almost seem to compensate for that with their players going off. I think every single player of the heat had a almost at least a season high tonight or even a career high or, or, or an above, well above average night. But the Jazz hung in there. It was a great game, I thought. Just the whole from start to finish. Yeah, basketball's a game of runs. So the Heat went on their big run, and it was like, oh, shoot, we're going to get blown out. And then the Jazz came back on their run, putting up about 20 points um to the heat five but i don't know what you think what what were some some key moments and some big big players for you well i mean mitchell showed stardom tonight 37 points yep. uh and and really played a great game we went back and forth the last few minutes after the game that final play the understanding there maybe he was going to get fouled so he couldn't shoot a three-point shot and might have shot it quickly if that's the case, you have a lot of time. I don't know why he shot so soon. Even if you get fouled, go make two and extend the game. However, you can't fault Mitchell at all, even though he missed that last shot. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be in the game. So right. amazing. The Jazz scored 37 fourth quarter points wow. and, uh, and come all the way back and actually give Miami a scare. Um, Miami's very good. They're a team that is going to be for real in the East. They've been that way for the last few years and adding Kyle Lowry um, makes them, I think, even better. And then so they went out and got a piece to the puzzle that will bring them back to championship caliber as they were two years ago in the NBA finals. I will tell you this. I am not a fan of the Miami Heat. I am not a fan of Kyle Lowry. I don't, I got a championship. I'll give him respect, but I'm tired of his charges. I'm tired of his whining. I'm tired of his egoness. I'm tired of him acting like he deserves so much. I, I, I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. So he had, a, he had a triple double tonight, 20 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. Our bro, my brother, Sam pointed out that he only averages about seven points a game. So a big step for him getting 20 points tonight. And then another big takeaway was Tyler hero. Who's in, in running for 600 of the year already coming off of the bench. He has the most points in the league and he had 29 points. That may, that mainly came from his six, three pointers um, in the third quarter. And that was when it didn't look good for the jazz interesting kind of kind of um style for the jazz uh just because clarkson was in wasn't having his night and and then pascal was on hero and and did some did some stuff defensively but talk to me about gobert at the end he didn't really seem to be in the game he had eight points eight rebounds so an okay night but he's been having a lot better nights 
lately. What was your takeaway with him on the bench in the last five minutes of the game? You know, the only thing I can think of is he was on the bench because if he was in the game, they might have started to foul him and send him to the mm. free throw line. He has not looked good the last two games at the free, free throw line and maybe more. Not comfortable at all, short-arming all of them and really struggling. And it might have been that Quinn knew if I put him in, they're going to foul him. Whiteside isn't that much better. So, I, yeah. you know. I don't know if that was the reason why I was on the bench. Whiteside wasn't necessarily having a great game. I don't fully understand it. Gobert ends with eight points, eight rebounds, not even, not even a double double. No. What actually I say is not a double double and not even double rebounds. So. Well, eight, yeah, that's that's really a big point of the night is the Jazz got out rebounded out the out the out the gym, especially on offensive rebounds. They kind of gave. Uh, Miami a bunch of second second chance points were you what can you talk about the rebounds and then follow up did Quinn Snyder have a good coaching night um so rebounds first of all they do get out rebounded which is rare the offensive rebounds equaled out seven apiece by the by games end. there was a stat late in the third early in the fourth where um, Miami had 19 uh, second chance points to the Jazz three, and the Jazz are the number one team in the league with second chance points. So the the whole role was reversed mm. there. So that was that was a little crazy. Um, Quinn Snyder getting out coached. I do think there were moments that his substitutions, if you want to call that being out coached, they were they he stuck with the plan. However, sometimes you've got to be a little bit more flexible with that plan and say, hey, Clarkson's not bringing it. I stuck with him the other night against Atlanta, but Miami is no Atlanta. So in that sense, maybe he was outcoached. There'll yeah. be games where he'll outcoach somebody else. But tonight, his rotations were – they were the same they've always been, and there's something to be said about continuity. You're 7-1, and one, for crying out loud, so they're a great team. They just didn't seem like the starters were on the floor as much as they could have been in a game like this. That said, one last thing. Miami just played with a lot more heart. They just wanted it. This yeah. Caleb Martin comes in and has a great night. The guy's making $400,000 a year on a two-way contract. And he played, he had a, a full court alley-oop that I don't know if I've seen in all my years of watching the NBA. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the They definitely had a lot of players kind of come out to play. Like I said, um, Hero put up some good points. Butler was always going to put up a lot of points and same with Lowry. Well, Lowry just kind of came out and played a different level, but they had a lot more hype and, they, and the fans were behind them and they kind of had a little bit more energy. I think the refs gave them a little bit more of an advantage, which kind of helps your motivation when you aren't the one committing the fouls and the other team is. That kind of puts a different mental um, just mental awareness on, on you. You're like, everything's going in your way is what I'm trying to say. You got the fans behind you, you're making shots and the refs are also ma making the calls you want. I think the jazz went to the line only, just over 20 times or had 20 attempts, which is the, and they average, I think the most free throw attempts in the league right now. So clearly they weren't getting as many calls as they usually do. And then at the end, there was a challenge on a Butler charge that was overturned. And my one take, and then I want to hear your take on on re, on reviews. I, I like the, that you can challenge a foul. The only problem I have 
and I want to know what you think, is they always show the play in slow motion. And so when you show a play in slow, mo- slow motion, obviously the charge doesn't look as bad. But if you watch it in fast-paced motion, you can clearly see that Butler ran over Whiteside. And then when the ref's going to watch it again in slow motion, it's like, oh, his footing wasn't right. But it's like, but you didn't watch the play happen. He just got bulldozered. And so, like, that's tough for me because they're getting a different vision of what happened. And now they're focused on the slow motion that takes away from the aggressive foul. Yeah, you say it really well. I, I, I can't argue with that at all. It's great analysis of the challenge and replace. It, there's just not anything you can do with that. I do believe the league, they, there's a new rule this year and we really should go read it and it's going to come into play one of these nights, but the, you, you can't continually challenge or, or the review period under two minutes. They're trying to get away from it because when you see somebody slap the ball out of bounds and then you run it back slow motion, you can always find somebody's fingertips on the ball that didn't look that way in real time. So I totally hear you when you slow things down in a, in a challenge or a replay, you, you kind of lose the, the real-time call. That said, it was a great challenge by the Heat. Again, Eric Spolster is a great coach. He, he used the challenge wisely and ended up costing the Jazz. But the reality is the Jazz just got out hustled tonight. You said it, the fans were behind them. The refs weren't – they were calling some things that were a little funky. And let's um, really go back to Kyle Lowry. What a – I, I just don't get it. He Clarkson is one of the actually one of the nicest guys in the league. And if you can get under Clarkson's skin, then you're being a nerd, quite frankly. And that's what he was. And he he he's just a chump. You know, he's a, call him a champion. He wins in Toronto. And yet I go back, my new team that I don't like is who we played tonight. I do not like the Heat. And I go back to what was the team I didn't like before years ago? It was the Rockets. And I think, well, wait a minute. Lowry was on that team too. So I've had enough of Lowry. Great player. Triple-double. Won a championship in Toronto. But just be mature about it and stop being a chump is my comment. Those chumps out there, you got to hate them. Yeah, it was kind of annoying. He, Him and Clarkson got a double technical. And it, it does start with Lowry just kind of talking. And, it, and I think Clarkson would drop Lowry if they kind of had to go hand-to-hand. Clarkson Clark. would drop Lowry like that. I exactly. mean, you don't mess with Clarkson. The reality is, is he's the nicest guy, but if you flip the switch, then forget about it because and you it, really offended him. A lot of stuff is getting to Clarkson's head right now. He he starts to do too much and then he starts to do too little and he's just not finding that balance. And just It wasn't his night against night. I will praise Quinn a little bit and, and maybe regress a little bit, but I, I know Quinn kept him in for a long time. Maybe it would have been smart to take him out and, and let kind of Ingles take over or someone else. But overall, the Jazz did kind of play their game at the end, and it wasn't was it was a great finish. Would have been nice if we got the win, but it's hard to go and beat a team like Miami in Miami, especially when they're coming with that type of fire. And they did because they just came off that huge loss to the Celtics. Yeah, you said it. I mean, the Celtics came and just handed it to them. I'm sure they said that's not going to happen again, and we just happened to be the next team that that they play what Clarkson needs and I think do we go to Orlando tomorrow he needs Orlando badly <laughs> we yeah. need a team where he can just go out and they're not going to be that good and he's going to get on fire and it's going to be from the get-go so let's okay. watch that tomorrow night he needs an Orlando he needs a team where he can just come out and, and they're not that good 
So uh, really looking forward to, to what he can do tomorrow night to get back on track. But quite frankly, to only finish, to finish the game losing 118-115 and actually be in the game until the final 10 seconds, you got to give the Jazz credit for coming back. They are a championship-caliber team. It is finals or bust, quite frankly, this year. I think Miami probably feels the same way. There was one thing that I, I did want to make a comment. How in the world does P.J. Tucker sign for $7 million, which is silly to even say, is cheap in the NBA, and another team doesn't pick him up? Man, that's a great pickup. Even though it was mixed reviews tonight in his play, it's a great pickup by Miami, by Miami to get a P.J. Tucker, a guy who won a championship last year in Milwaukee. Yeah, good find for oh, them. Oh, by the way, P.J. Tucker played for the Rockets, too, who I don't like, and now he's on the Heat, who I really don't like. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely a, they're definitely assembling a, a good team and a team that they can go pretty far in. I mean, other other teams around the East are kind of playing right now. I know – did you see the score? Let me find it. With the the Bulls and the in Philadelphia, I think that game's uh, wrapped I, um, just going right now. Looks like the game's still going. Two minutes left. Sixers are up 104-101 in Chicago. I think the Sixers were actually beating them pretty good, so the Bulls must have come back. That's a great game, too. Sixers are 7-2. Yep. They win tonight. They actually become the number one team in the league at 8-2, and two, and the Bulls are 6-2. and two, So Apparently, um, apparently there was a uh, – and B dribbled the ball off his knee and it went out of bounds, and he turned around and swung – and basically took almost took off Lonzo Ball's head. They gave him a technical for it just because he was reckless, but he was just frustrated with himself and just swung out out of anger and just like almost knocked Lonzo out. But <laughs> uh, oh, Embiid. You know what? Embiid is the real deal. The dude is a mountain of a man. He will get under your skin, but you got to give him some credit, man. He is really, really good. And right now, his numbers tonight, he's got 27. 27 points and 15 rebounds and three assists. What a player. I mean, to lose an all-star in Ben Simmons and still be in the top five and right now the best team in the league, you got to give it to Philadelphia, but I'm not a Doc Rivers fan, so I'm not going to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, don't give him credit for that then. And then the another game that wrapped up was the Rockets versus the Nuggets. And oh, so that, one was, that, one. that one was oh. interesting because the, the Rockets, in my mind, if they had even just a good coach, they would have won that game because they were, they had the last shot. They were down by one. All they needed to do was make one basket running down and they just end up getting blocked by Jokic, which I mean, MVP, I, but still. I guess they did not have a timeout. I watched that a few times. Did they not? I thought they had one timeout. If they did, if they did, well, that the was the problem. Crazy. Is their center started dribbling the their center started to dribble, dribble yeah. the ball up, and then the, the reality is, if they had a timeout, that is a coaching blunder. Now, I'm a fan of Silas, who's their coach, just as a person. I don't know why the owner for uh, for Tita Tillman went out and got Silas to coach that team, and and that's why Harden said, "Well, I'm out." Silas has a I mean, I think he has good respect around the league, but if they had a timeout, that was a massive coaching blunder because that team had no idea what they were doing going up the court. And there was no way Jokic was going to let him lose, but the Nuggets at home almost get beat by the Rockets. So I don't know what's going on with the Nuggets. They're five and four. Now that would have dropped into four and five. Interesting. I I mean, I, I, it's weird. There's a lot of teams that still haven't woken up yet and maybe the Nuggets are going to start to wake up. I know the Suns are playing the Hawks right now and, and the Suns are another team that I thought would be doing better 
I know we talked about other podcasts. It looks like they're winning at the end of the first quarter against the Hawks. Well, that's um, an interesting one because if the Suns win, which they probably will in Phoenix, the Hawks actually dropped a four and six. That's almost more of a discussion than the Suns kind of getting a slow start. Is the true. Hawks not getting a really good start either? I mean, they'll fall to four and six. And what does that say about a team last year that kind of was the darling of the East Eastern Conference playoffs? Could be going so, to their head. I mean, like the Hawks could be like, well, we already, I mean, you know, when you have like a good run and they're like, all right, I did it. And you get that kind of, oh, we did our, we did our part. Maybe that's what's going through their heads, but they're a playoff team. I think the Hawks, if they make the playoffs, they can do some impact. But yeah, I'm going to make a bold statement here as to why the Hawks are struggling. And it's, it's the rule change. I really think the pump fake jump into the defender, get fouled from the three point line that Trey young used is and that that play no longer exists. The referees are calling it differently is hurting him. That's, that's a big set. I really believe that. I believe the same thing is happening to James Harden. I'd have to go back and look at all the statistics and I'm sure there are great podcasters that have those statistics, but I'm just going on sheer, just, just my mind here. Yeah. yeah because because Trey Young is not getting that call. And, and, and I don't know, Luke is not getting that call. And James Harden is not getting that call. We have a guy who got that call, and that's Donovan Mitchell, but he didn't get it as often as those guys did. And I really think it's hurting those players, and it's somewhat hurting those teams. Thank heavens that the Brooklyn Nets have a rock star in Kevin Durant, because if they didn't, I'd, Harden wouldn't carry him like he used to carry him. And part of that, in my mind, is because of that rule change. Yeah, the Nets are, mi- are they're missing out with um, Kyrie, obviously. And I think Harden was the one that did this pump fake foul the most out of everyone, or at least more consistent. I think there was a lot that just did it. And then obviously Trey Young does it. Even Chris Paul would kind of look for it, just like just shooters in general, Luka. But Durant is, I think, hands down the best player in the league right now. And so it's he's able to cope with it. And I think it's just going to take Harden a little bit more. He kind of fell asleep. I don't know if you saw the highlight where he dribbled the ball off his leg and it went back for a um, a backcourt violation. But instead of picking up the ball and getting the violation, he just watched the ball roll. And then the other team, the Knicks, just ran, picked it up, and dunked it. Gosh. They fell asleep. So there's a lot of players that like the, the games get into their head. And I think this is just like the beginning of the season kind of – get the 15 games out of the way and just kind of wake up and, and, and move and get the restlessness out of you and then start yeah. playing. Yeah. They, listen, going back to the game and the, the jazz showed me a lot tonight to come that far back and fun. give them, give themselves a chance to win. So this is a team that is built to go to the finals and win the championship. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I believe on a podcast with the ringer, I don't know when it was. I have to go look at the timestamp, but he said, we are, it is, it is Western conference finals and NBA finals. I'm surprised he didn't say win a championship. I think he, he did. Um, but uh, uh, let's, let's just start saying as jazz fans, uh, we're not going to be upset. I mean, they're a winning team. We love them. Let's go get a championship. And we should have that mentality tonight. We got pumped a little bit, quite frankly. And, you know, these guys hero, you know, I just don't like the heat now, but he takes it to us. You know, if you want to talk about sixth man of the year, he's going to win the sixth man of the year. Cause tonight he just plastered Clarkson. Clarkson had no answer for him on the offensive uh, side, nor on the defensive side. So I, it, Jordan's going to be fine. Jordan is our guy through and through forever, forever. I just want him to get back on track and get, start hitting those shots. Well, I said at the other podcast, I think that the heat or 
other teams in general love beating the Jazz. So the Jazz are always going to almost almost always play an above average whatever team. And I think the Heat were an above average Heat team tonight. We look at Lowry scoring the triple double and Hero scoring almost 30 points and Butler kind of doing his thing, but at a higher energy and other players on the team kind of coming out, playing a little bit with more motivation. And I think that's just because the jazz have that target and that label as let's go beat these guys just because we're the jazz. And there's no, there's no real good way of like saying how we all, but every jazz fan just knows that there's just a vibe across the league where teams just don't necessarily like losing to the jazz. And so they're going to come out and play us. And so the Jazz have to be ready for that. And that's what they did tonight is they had to play against a, a team like the Heat that was that were on one, and it was their night. They didn't miss shots that often. Um, usually the Jazz can hold an NBA team to around 50%, even less than 50% shooting from the floor. And tonight I think the Heat shot almost 60%. So it was the first time all season a team shot over 50% for them. And that's just where the Jazz need to kind of look look and plan for. But another big game. There, there was a comment tonight. You talk about their shooting, which was incredible. It was just their night. And that's what happens in the NBA. Some teams, they just play. This by far was their best game of the season, meaning Miami. And you know what? It was probably one of our best games of the season as well, until we had a little drop off between the third and fourth quarter. So you're going to get that. And, and they just played really, really well. And for us to, Give them a little scare at the end. I'm so proud of the Jazz to do that. Well, we talked a little bit about some of the other um, games tonight. Let's just talk about uh, a player on the the uh, 75th anniversary team, top 75 tonight in alphabetical order. We're going to be talking about uh, Tiny Nate Archibald. So here's one of the first legends that we're coming across. Real big legends. We've talked about Kareem, Ray Allen, Giannis. Carmelo Anthony, and now Nate Archibald. Um, for those who are younger than me, they're not really going to know who Nate Arch Archibald is, but I have a little personal story about Nate Archibald. I was able to um, be a team president in the NBA G League, uh, which was the D League at the time. Nate Archibald um, coached in the league and also was a mentor in the league from the NBA office. He would travel around and visit the teams and the coaches. And one night during one of those uh, D League games, I stood with him for a good hour and we just chatted. We chatted about basketball, we chatted about life. And this is a guy, Nate Archibald, who played for the famous Boston Celtics. He's a one-time NBA champion with the Celtics, six-time NBA All-Star, an NBA All-Star game MVP, five-time All-NBA, and an NBA scoring champion. And what makes the most of this NBA scoring champion for Nate Archibald is he is under six feet, probably 5'11", but put up points after points after points for the Boston Celtics. So what a great uh, competitor. Six, fun, six foot one, but he really wasn't six one. And he was a great playmaker in the 1970s. He led the league in scoring for, with 34 points, had 11 assists that season um, when he was the NBA uh, scoring champ. So does he deserve to be on the top 75? Absolutely. I haven't run into anybody yet that – and, and I don't know if we will. For me, I think I'll say almost everybody. There's one Lillard sticks out in my mind. Uh, I think we really want to debate when we did at the start of the season, like who should have been on the list. And at some point, we should do some homework and say, okay, if I put these five on, which five are I taking off? Nate 
Archibald might be on that takeoff lift. Might but he's on the bottom five of the seventy-five? Then do you think we might? He might be. I, I. The only thing about the only thing about Nate Archibald is he is a scoring champ, MVP. He's a champion. We'll, we'll see. We've got to go down some of those who are off the list and see if they they come close to that. There's definitely people off the list that should be on, but I don't know who we're going to take off. So we'll we'll do that over the course of the season. Yeah, so he played with Larry Bird, right, um, in the 81 season. And there's a statistic or kind of a fact that said that Magic Johnson and Larry Bird played in every finals in the 80s. So from 1980 to 1989, a final always had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. So just another yeah. fun fact and kind of interesting to see. There, were, there was debate, and I was going to ask you kind of this week on the social medias, was – is Durant – is prime Kevin Durant better than prime Larry Bird? Yeah. Did Where did those two line up? There was a video made about this. Because um, everybody, nobody really understands Larry Bird anymore. And they just see this big white guy that played with quote unquote plumbers just making shots. Yeah. But Larry here's, Bird was Larry Bird. Here's the difference. And, and you've got yourself and your age and me and my age. I am going to defend because they were my era the the legends and there's there's one thing that i see in the legends that sometimes i don't see in these superstars of today and that is just just killer yeah instinct and larry bird would go all right well we're gonna win and i'm gonna beat you and he would beat you with putbacks and three-point rainbows and assists of no look passes and just take over a game this is a hard one for me because Durant's going to end up playing more years than Larry Bird. So at the end of the day, his statistics will be stronger. Um, his, his, his shooting percentages will be better. So, yeah, I mean, he's bigger than Larry Bird. He's kind of a freak. So Kevin Durant's just, you watch him play in the way he can hit a fadeaway or a three-point shot or get a dunk or whatever. It's great. But the killer instinct I would choose Larry Bird all day long. In the video that they made, the the animated video between these two, Kevin Durant actually wins. So huh. it's kind of funny in the end that Bleach Report put that together. I would not want to guard Larry Bird. Obviously, I wouldn't want to guard Kevin Durant, but Larry Bird, he just seems he just seems almost like a bully when you're guarding him too. And not only just like physically, but emotionally and mentally, he's just he kind of just breaks you down, or at least from the highlights I've seen of him, he just seemed like a lot to handle. Kevin Durant obviously can shoot the ball, and he's going to make the shot, and that's going to kind of annoy you. But just having a deal with Larry Bird in a 48-minute game does not sound fun to me. Yeah, so. you, you said something in there, but maybe you didn't, but I thought about it, so good take. The difference here is Larry Bird was not even close to the athlete that Kevin Durant is. So what you got out of Larry Bird was smarts, intelligence, and just how to play the game. So it actually gives him a little bit of a bonus to be better than Kevin Durant. However, Kevin Durant's athleticism, he has done everything with that athleticism and probably makes him just a touch better. But I, I you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say one's better than the other, and I'm just going to lean on the legends just because of my age. So one, one more question that I saw from social media. What, so they take, they take, Kevin Durant and they take Dirk Nowinski. And so Dirk, he stayed loyal and retired with one ring. 
or and then Kevin Durant has moved around a lot and he's with five and he's coming up on five rings, right? Or not five. Uh no, I think he won two in Golden State. Maybe three. I don't know. I don't, it's not five. That's for sure. He didn't win in. But the the question proposed is: Would you rather stay loyal and win with one ring, or would you rather chase and win with five? Well, the legacy for Dirk Nowitzki in the league and in in Dallas is will be much stronger than the loyalty and legacy that Kevin Durant's going to leave with anybody. Um, I, listen, now, now again, I'm an old school guy. So I'm going to go on the old school one here and go with Dirk because my two guys in John Stockton and Carl Malone, with the exception of Malone in his final year with the Lakers, they stayed with one team. I, I think you got to give it to Dirk for trying and gutting it out and grinding it out and getting that NBA championship and giving it everything that he's got. Um, I would err on that side, but I'm not going to take too much away from Kevin Durant. He um, He's gone where he thought he could make a difference. So yeah, he, I mean, he's a winner. He must, be, must be a winner. Listen, even though Durant has that knock on him and I love what you're saying to try to, or what social media is saying about this debate, I get it, but you can't knock this guy. He's an NBA scoring freaking champion. Yeah. So, that's in the league right now. I think. Yeah. Listen, in today's day and age, and maybe with the salary cap, you might've kept Westbrook, Harden and Durant together. And, and he might've stayed in OKC all those years. So you, you don't know. Nowitzki, you know, Cuban went out, broke the bank and put some players around him and they won an NBA championship. So do you say, well, what if, so, so Nowitzki didn't win it himself. He had some great players around him. Yeah. Kind of just to wrap up then our kind of discussion, the Lakers versus the Trailblazers game is starting right now. What's your prediction? It's zero, zero games about to start. Who do you think is going to walk away? I Let's think it's the Blazers. It's in, it's in I don't like the Lakers. Portland, right? I, yeah. the I, I, you know, the Blazers need to start winning. So, and it's in Portland and LeBron is out. Yep. Anthony Davis is having a good, really good season. Um, but, you know, listen, Lakers, if, if this, the tonight, this could end Blazers win, then both teams are five and five. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see. So I'm going to predict the Blazers. I'd like to see the Blazers win. I just want the Lakers. Um, and then that puts both teams kind of in the playoff picture, but near the bottom. So um, fascinating. It's fascinating what the Lakers are going to go through all season. There's no way LeBron in the mileage he has on that body is going to play a lot of games. Maybe he comes back from this. It looks explosively in though. What's that? He looks explosive when he's in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 great. He's not the greatest, but he's great. Michael Jordan's the greatest, and Kobe's better than LeBron, and Magic's better than LeBron. Yeah, he might get in the conversation, but he's 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 great. And at his age, he's going to rack up a lot of great final statistics. So yeah, I don't know. I want the Blazers to win, but I don't want either one of those teams to win much. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't really. I'd say the Blazers tonight, though. Yeah. Well, it's a fun league. There's some hype over Gary. What is it? Gary Payton, the second as well. I don't know. On social media, they're talking about his posterizing dunks and his aggressive um, defense, kind of like his dad, right? His dad played in the league. Uh, Gary 
Gary, go, say that again about Gary Payton. Um, Gary, he's done two pulsarized dunks in the last two games for the Warriors. He's on the Warriors number zero, Gary Payton the second. So okay, two okay. posterizing dunks, and his defense has been pretty good. And they're comparing it to his dad, right? Because his dad, Gary Payton, played in the NBA. Yes, yes. Gary Payton was the glove on defense. He didn't ever have any posterizing dunks. So when you said Gary Payton with posterizing dunks, I'm like going, Gary Payton yeah. never dunked. He, he was more of a guard. So uh, Gary Payton, the second, yeah, his, he's going to have great skills because of his dad. And a lot of that is going to be a lot of tenacity. But I haven't seen the dunks, so I'll have to go back and watch him. Yeah, they're definitely interesting to watch, and he throws it down. So fun season so far. Uh, some teams are going to start waking up. The Jazz did a great comeback, didn't get the win, so that's a bummer. But we move on to Orlando, which is on – when is that? Is that Monday? No, it's tomorrow. So the Jazz, oh. the Jazz play in Orlando tomorrow. Orlando's 2-5. and five. Um, It is a 4 p.m. Mountain start, 6 p.m. Eastern. And the Jazz should get back to the winning ways. And, and really, um, you know, start to, uh, to to continue to do what they need to do, and that's win and get to this uh, NBA Finals and win a championship. Let's make it happen then. Do you have anything All else right, to add? Thanks. See you. Bye. Bye.